0: This is a Foobar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to foobarradio.com.
1: Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Foobar Radio. I mean, we've had all morning and then all of a sudden as soon as it gets to 30 seconds to midday <laughs> uh, mid- <laughs> midnoon uh, I, uh, yeah, I suddenly absolutely f- fucking freak, freak the fuck out and uh, forget how to do anything uh, with my hands
0: which yeah, is but terrible. But also look, you drive the desk, did not you? Like a proper DJ. I do, I drive the desk Whereas I've got quite, I'm a passenger I'm, I'm being driven.
1: Yeah, we were going to take it in turns at first, weren't we? We
0: were, were we were, yeah, yeah. And then that never really, never really happened. Never really happened.
1: I feel comfortable on this side of the...
0: I don't mind it, I quite like it, I've got less responsibility. It's but by, nice. um,
1: by, by driving the desk, what that means is that uh, at, uh, exactly midday, uh, I have to press a button which plays <laughs> the jingle and then I have to turn up the microphone as, uh, uh, the microphone simultaneously uh, using uh, my, my index finger and my little finger uh, uh, up the desk, uh, which uh, takes quite a lot of concentration uh, we're a minute into the show, uh, I've just been told and um, <laughs> uh, and I also need to it's remember on two uh, radio. it's officially <laughs> the afternoon uh, and uh, uh, but I forgot to put my headphones on today and these aren't my regular headphones my regular headphones are on the other side of the desk and uh, it's very confusing anyway my name's Nick Helm this is uh, f- uh, fan Club. Nathaniel Metcalf. This is Nathaniel Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And uh, this is Nick Helm. And, and Nathaniel Metcalf. Fan, fan Club. club. <laughs> <mumbles> That's Fan Club. Uh, first rule of Fan Club is... Uh, Tell your t- friends ta- ta- t- about ta- Fan Club. Tell your friends about Fan Club. And the second rule of Fan Club is... Uh, uh, you
0: know. Please...
1: Face. I mean, I, I think a lot of you are taking that very lightly.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: If I say a lot of you, I mean uh, all eight of you. It's, all, it's hard to tell, isn't
0: it? <laughs> 100% of our <laughs> listeners are taking it
1: incredibly lightly uh, by not telling their their, their bloody friends. And yeah. uh, you you really... Uh, we've probably had a third rule of fan club, which is, again, tell your friends uh, about fan club too. Um, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, I did see another couple of t-shirts printed. Uh uh, that people were walking around wearing Fan club t-shirts Oh yeah, what
0: did, what did these ones have on? It so
1: tell your friends Tell your friends That's Tell good your friends
0: one. And then on the back it said, please For <laughs> the love of God, <laughs> tell your friends Otherwise, lots, of, lots of good merch coming out of uh, fan club
1: The thing is though, Nat This, this would be happening anyway, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. With or without the microphones. I mean, I only live around the corner, so I'm here for ease. But um, but you're
0: here. <laughs> uh, you're it here. would be. That's the nice thing about fan club is it's basically a thing that if I just saw you anyway, we'd probably talk about the same things. This would be
1: exactly. Well, there's slightly more structure to our actual conversations.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but uh, yeah. So what is fan club though? That's what we do. We haven't well, done that you were for.
1: saying that we haven't actually. Someone's come into the. What's going on? Why? You were adjusting the microphone. The the camera. She was touching a camera and it's fine. Uh, You don't need to know about what we're going through in the studio back at home, guys. Uh, All I can say is there are a lot of distractions and we're doing our best to give you a professional broadcast. Um, So, um, but we we, we were saying that we haven't actually introduced what the show is.
0: For a while, I think. So what it is, it's basically fan club. I don't think
1: we need to. No, maybe we don't. The only thing you need to know is that it's not... It's not our fan club.
0: No, it's not. It's not the fan club for me and Nick. Although it'd be nice to have some fans. Uh, yeah,
1: it is nice, Nat.
0: It is. Yeah, it's nice.
1: They, they can be wondering. supportive when you're low, right? And they can um, yeah, send you crashing back down to earth when you bloody need it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I'm having a lovely day so far I've had a terrible week I've barely left my bedroom Um uh chronically depressed this week But uh, it's been a few things that have made it worthwhile I've uh, been... Uh, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> you, uh, no doubt I'll just keep it light <laughs> uh, You've been... Um, oh no, but I'm not, not lying Wednesday and Thursday were awful Right <laughs> I um, didn't even open the curtains, but um, so. Uh, uh, but you're right in your Edinburgh show, so it could I be am. worse, couldn't it? it could yeah, be. well,
0: it's, it's a depressing uh, thing at the minute. What I'm trying to stare at something I've stared at for hours and hours, and staring into the abyss of being in Edinburgh for a month, doing a show that I hope is all right. Do you
1: know what I would? Um, I would. I would. I would love to be going up to Edinburgh. Actually,
0: have just. Well, done. I think that's how it feels when you don't go. But it, I've remembered now I've, what it's like.
1: This is the first. This is the first proper year in over fifteen years that I haven't gone. And uh, even then, I only took like maybe one year off since nineteen ninety-seven. One or two
0: years. And you're not going up a tour. You're not visiting or anything, right? I've,
1: I think I'm going to have to go. I'm going cold turkey. I'm a big fan of Edinburgh. I'm also a big fan of Yuna. Oh, thank you, Nick. That's, uh, that's well, I've got one. You've got at least one, and I will retweet the fuck out of you. Thank you. Know? you. Um, but uh, your sh- you did you- you've been you did your show maybe a year ago at McHuntless, and that went very well.
0: Yes, yeah, twenty sixteen. I did it for the first time, and I mean, it seems to people liked it then.
1: Yeah, people did like it then. I didn't see it, um, but I did. I, d- I did hear about it, oh, was which is almost as good, isn't it?
0: Well, it, well, it is because it, it's good if it's a nice buzz. Unless you hear about it because people are going, oh, have you seen this show? It's is, it is appalling. Well, you want
1: a buzz of excitement rather than the buzz of flies, don't you? You do. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and you're, current, you're going out to the you're doing your show. Um, I'm very excited about seeing it. I'll see it when it comes back to London. Um, but I think that, that's, uh, that you've got nothing to worry about. Thank you, Nick. I think that you've you, what you've done there, Nat, is that you've probably written a really good show and uh, you just need to stop worrying about it and just go off and do it it will change while you're up in edinburgh anyway this is uh, this is a little note for all of you aspiring comedians out there uh just uh, d- don't overthink it and just you know uh you're probably never going to win an award uh, you might get nominated several times in a <laughs> row but uh but you probably will never win it uh, but there's always there's always a place at foo bar for you <laughs> um Uh, Edinburgh Edinburgh is a a tough... I always... uh, No, I'm not going to bother saying that, but... (laughs) uh, Edinburgh's more of a marketplace now, uh, I think, where you have to go up and you kind of sell your wares. Um, Yeah. But I think that all of my shows that I've I've enjoyed the most have been literally... Because I write songs and poems and um, and stand-up routines and one-liners, and then I, I... they're all, it's like a car being in pieces on the garage floor. Mm-hmm. And then I put it together in the first four days up in Edinburgh and then I have a show. But I've got all of the pieces. But until I see the room when I'm up there, I don't really know. So my advice to you, Nat, is just don't worry about it. Don't, don't do any work. Like, just not, you've done all the work is the thing. You've been working on it for a year now, right? Yeah. So you've done all that work. So you just need to have faith in yourself and just know that you're going you're gonna to do well so that's my advice to you i'm a massive fan of you now and oh. uh, and God bless you and uh, and hopefully uh hopefully after edinburgh um you'll you'll come back
0: I'm sure i'll be back to do the. Sure
1: yeah back. yeah yeah you'll be back <laughs> so um this is something interesting that I found out about you before um we went on air oh You've no, never.
0: Uh, seen a Harry Potter film? I've never seen any of the Harry Potter films, or read any of the Harry Potter books. None of the books either? No. Oh, because when you said you hadn't seen the films, I
1: assumed that was because you'd seen I was a big fan of the books. You'd seen the books. I've seen the books in shops. Yeah. Have you seen every single word uh, in order, in all the pages?
0: Yeah, and I've read the words, but I've never read the book. Um, No, no, I've I've never seen any of them. I've nothing against it. I'm not, I'm not I'm not a hater of Harry Potter, yeah. Because I don't really. I get he's like a wizard, isn't he? And, and there's um, he's a teen. He's a teen, teen wizard. wizard.
1: Teen whiz. Well, not when he's eleven. He's not even a teenager back then. And or he's twelve. He's there's got two like, years
0: when he's not a teen. I think, but like through osmosis, I know a lot about it. Yeah, I know they play Quidditch, and mm. that's like hockey or something isn't it, but magic.
1: Yeah, it's like flying hockey.
0: Yeah, flying lacrosse. Right, and I know flying
1: lacrosse the sky. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's fan club. That's fan club. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. I played the long one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but um, that's, that's interesting. Why, why, haven't, why have you never got I think
0: it? I've just been, I haven't even really been meaning to. Like, I feel like I've not been avoiding it. It just feels like when there's a film on telly, it will be like the third one or the fourth one. And I think, well, I'm not going to watch that because I won't know what's going on. Mm. But I think, like, I think they're probably fine, aren't they? I've watched a of I them, I like didn't them. know what was going on. Um, right.
1: Do you like them? i tell you what. When I was at university, uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was really into Lord of the Rings. She was really into uh, Harry Potter. In a way that I wasn't. Um, I enjoyed the first Lord of the Rings. Don't get me wrong, but uh, when it got to the second and the third ones, I thought, this is a bit far-fetched. But... <laughs> um, but Harry Potter she was really into and she eventually uh, left me for a, uh, a, a man that she believed looked like a grown up Harry Potter so um, that's
0: strange isn't it
1: I'd never been able to really watch the Harry Potter <laughs> films without having my broken heart I've, I think I may have mentioned this in another episode of I fan think club. you have already um, that's fan club don't want to repeat myself but, uh, but I mean it was obviously very formal so I was never really able to see all the, uh, any of the Harry Potter films um, the first one uh, the Philosopher's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, if you're American. Um, uh, the Philosopher's Stone. The first one, I when that came out, yeah. I thought, this is a bit like... a a
0: BBC that's what they look like they look like a sort of Narnia BBC type thing I
1: think when the first one came out I was in absolute disbelief that it was a cinema release that it was American produced that it was Warner Brothers that it had such an amazing cast the special effects were so appalling in the first one and it was two and a half hours long and I thought if you just add half an hour and uh, split it up into six parts this would be an absolutely brilliant like Christmas time TV series but as a film I mean fuck off and then, very much, I thought that about the second film. And then I stopped. Uh, I stopped. <laughs> I stopped seeing them. We didn't see the second film. Uh, uh, <laughs> I went to see it at the cinema and there was uh, I, Did I say, have I told you this story? I don't
0: think so
1: there was an overexcitable mum that had taken like 12 <laughs> kids to the cinema to see uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and uh, and uh, they were very excited they were very excited and uh, the lights went down obviously the lights went down ages ago because of the trailers but the, <laughs> the uh, BBFC kind of thing sure. came up perhaps Harry it opens Potter. the curtains open a bit the, further yeah, maybe, and, uh, and the screen narrowed mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and it said uh, Harry Potter and the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets. And then the whole entire cinema was absolutely silent, except for this one woman with these kids uh, that just went, Woo! Come on, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> and then there was absolute silence. And then I just thought, you've fucking ruined that film for yourself, haven't you? You've ruined it, because you're going to sit there for the next two and a half hours thinking, oh, I'm such a twat, why did I Why did I shout, come
0: on, Harry? I don't think most people think like that, that's how I would feel. Oh, really? I think most people, they they love that they've said, come on, Harry.
1: Oh, really? I would have set myself on fire. Yeah, I'd have me got too. absolutely
0: no reaction. Me too. I'd have tried to crawl under the seats and escaped I think
1: I often feel um, I often think about the, uh, the, the poor souls that have to stand at the front of an IMAX presentation uh, and do their uh, stand up routines to nothing oh
0: yeah oh that's painful isn't it mm. So, yeah, if you go to the IMAX cinema and they have people at the front and they have to tell you it's the world's biggest screen, but now they've added little bits of jokes that they've come up with, a bit of patter. They get, um, oh. they get a
1: Nando voucher if uh, you recommend them afterwards. And um, and I always sort of like um, <clears throat> laugh along. Not too much, but, um, but I do laugh along. And, uh, uh, oh, you've had a message from Emma Williams saying, saw your show at MacFest this year, Nat, and really enjoyed it. Oh, that's that's, nice That's good, that's one It's nice to have some support (laughs) So you've had one tweet
0: I wonder if she's coming Um, back
1: Is that that. all of the tweets, Natalie? Yes, yes, that's all of the (laughs) tweets Uh, That's good Um, Well, that's that's something, isn't it? Uh, You were breaking the flow of the Harry Potter chat, though Uh, The Harry Potter films did get better And I think, actually, by the end of the last one uh, I was fully on board uh, And I watched them all on a holiday in France Uh, At the
0: end, did you shout out, come on, Harry, to the screen? Better than that um I came on Harry <laughs> uh, They did improve. Uh they did. And
1: he got did. older, he luckily. Got, I mean <laughs> he, he did get older. He he was of he was of legal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. That's my club. Kla- <laughs> Nick and Nat's
1: back <laughs> so, so um we're uh we're joined in the studio today by Nathaniel Metcalf. Uh, uh who's
0: currently trending on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah, big big uh Big fans of mine getting in touch to tell me about all the times they've seen me. It's good. No, yeah. it is. It's lovely. It's good. What time is your show on? Ten past one. Okay. There's not going to be like a rolling advert every
1: week from that show, but... Um, I don't mind. Ten past one. That's great. In the... Uh, counting
0: House Lounge. Afternoon? Yeah. Brilliant. That's a, that's oh, a yeah. great <laughs> start. That's <laughs> a great start. That's great. Lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> Lunchtime. So
1: I assume that people can bring come in with their food?
0: Yeah, KFCs, uh, if got any, like the louder and smellier, the better. Yes, please. That's
1: brilliant. Okay, uh, I just I've, I'm, I'm looking for a house and a flat. I'm looking for I can't afford a house. I'm looking for a flat. <laughs> and I was just talking to the estate agent, and uh, she was saying that she's going to get to a festival at the weekend. And I told her my festival story, which is that, um, that I was I was at a festival. <laughs> and, uh, I went to V98, and uh, I was at a festival, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, And I woke up in the morning and uh, uh, I drank uh, cider from the moment I woke up in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I drank cider all day. It was Strongbow. Uh, the, I went with a bunch of people that, um, that were all arguing. It was like Fleetwood Mac. Everyone had slept with each other at one point, and <laughs> no one was really talking to each other. Yeah, that's right. The Verve were on the seahorses. I was there for sea the seahorses, really. Green Day, uh, James, who, I, who I'm not a fan of, The Charlatans, Texas, Space, uh, etc. Stereophonics, Iggy Pop, Underworld, Fun Loving Criminals, and uh, Ian Brown. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, I was, I was, uh, uh, so I was, I was telling her the thing that oh, I woke up in the morning and I had one friend uh, who was my mortal enemy at school, and we'd gone to V ninety eight together, and he was the only guy that was like not arguing with everyone else because he hadn't slept with anyone uh, in the group. I'm sure, I'm not <laughs> anyway. I don't know about anyway, um, but. Um, Chumba uh, Wumba Chumba Wumba so, so were there and uh, uh, the, uh, PJ Harvey uh, and uh, light, Lightning Seas I said Lightning see- Um but um, anyway long story short me and my mate were drinking all day and uh, during and Robbie Williams who was there uh, this was in his day when he'd just left Take That and he was going on Freelaunch. Early days. Robbie Williams was there and because I'd been drinking cider all day and I had drunk no water, uh, I fainted during a Robbie Williams concert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he'd probably seen that as quite a, probably one of the happiest days of his life robbie williams yeah you're thinking how we've got it
1: i was near the back but uh but that's my that's my, not even a claim to fame really uh one of the the only concert i've ever fainted at was <laughs> robbie williams they had to drag me out over the barricade and and resuscitate <laughs> me um anyway
0: i told this estate agent is so heavy entertainment robbie williams
1: that's uh the heavy entertainment show robbie williams yeah um, uh Which is nice. That's nice. He did Google to see if heavy entertainment had already been used uh, because he came up with that idea. He Googled it to see if it had already been used, and it had, but he thought, well, no one saw that show, so I can have it anyway. (laughs) Um, He didn't technically steal it, according to his book. Uh, We're going to have a song now, and then we're going to be joined by our guest.
2: present Harry Rose. Shao Doe is joining me what in the, the studio yeah so you are you've been in food bar already before I have on the lovely Michael Payne show yeah I love this
1: station man. It's, it's so awesome
2: thank you I love plus, it plus because we could
1: swear here as well
2: yeah fuck shit up man fuck sticks oh oh, oh my god you're <laughs> literally the sweetest person I've ever met in my life you just said fuck sticks
1: Oh, I'm, yes, I'm not approving of that language. Uh, listen, <laughs> you know, There are other shows that are on Food Bar and give them all a listen. The point of that story was I told the estate agent the Robbie Williams story. Oh, yes. And she, her takeaway from that was, oh, so you missed Robbie? <laughs> that, no, it's not. a fainted during a Robbie Williams kind of Anyway, we're joined in the studio now by podcaster and filmmaker Sam Ashurst. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good, how are you? Uh, well, uh, Welcome to the club. What are you, You're writing too much on the screen. <laughs> uh, you can't, <laughs> Natalie, you're writing too much on the screen. We can't possibly read that while we're introducing someone, right? Only important stuff, right? Like that picture, like that picture of Robbie Williams at V98, that was essential. I mean, you must learn that radio is not a visual medium. Now, um, uh, so sorry, Sam, uh, you were rudely interrupted by a producer, uh, but uh, he didn't want to step on your toes. Uh, uh, How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, Busy, but but good. Why are you busy? Because I've just directed my first film, and it's going to be at Fright Fest in August. So um, because I produced it and directed it, I've actually got quite a lot of responsibilities involving that. It's hard. As it turns out. It's hard
1: to produce. Yeah. And it's... uh, Hard to direct, yeah. But uh, I imagine producing and direct. I don't have to imagine. No, I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've not produced and directed at the same time. Um,
2: Tell us about your film.
1: Uh, so is it your first feature-length film. You it did a is, short yeah, film, I, d- it? I did which because won awards? Uh, and,
2: and and you know about that because you were in it. I was in it. Yeah, um, yeah we won uh, best scare at uh, Fright Fest a couple of years ago, which is the first time uh, a short film has won in that category. Oh wow, well, that's in, impressive! In, in 17 years of the festival's history, the first
1: so. time that okay, so your, a short, sh- film, your yeah. short film was what, what a minute and a half, wasn't
0: it? It was
2: two minutes. Yeah, yeah, two minutes. Right. Yeah. So it's mainly scare.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was basically it was a scare.
2: Yeah, essentially.
1: And. Um, <laughs> Uh, And then there's feature films That you'd think If it was 90 minutes It would have 45 scares in it Yeah By that ratio True Um, And they didn't manage to beat you No
2: So uh, there you go Quite happy Well done yeah, I, um, I think
1: and that, that I'd, I'd appreciate that as well.
2: And we, we've got a scare in Frankenstein's creature, so uh, so, so uh, which is ninety-one minutes long. So you know,
1: <laughs> so you've got a scare in that. So that's yeah. like uh, that's almost like your calling card
2: now. Yeah, just one scare. That's one like, scare no what you do, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. Your,
1: Hitchcock, <laughs> your Hitchcock, cameo. It's like oh, I, I, I saw a film, didn't look at the credits, It had a scare in it, and knew for a fact that it was Sam.
2: <laughs> do you have a favourite film scare, Sam? Um, yes I do Uh, which is the scare that I ripped off for uh, my short film (laughs) um, *House Garden Uh, uh, the the bit in Exorcist 3
0: oh yeah 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 uh, yeah. with
2: the nurse and the the big scissors that is really good yeah we used garden shears but essentially the same Mm. that's a lovely one
1: I've never seen the Exorcist 3 it's
2: amazing oh, it's, it's
1: brilliant Yeah yeah I saw The Exorcist uh, And then I saw the sequel Repossessed And
0: I thought they've gone
2: so far <laughs> So far
1: off the original topic That I just think that maybe
0: Oh it's worth seeing the third one Yeah it's a really good film
1: It is going to be good
0: isn't mm, it The second yeah. one is, uh, is Exorcist 2 The Heretic
2: mm-hmm. Not worth watching Not um, worth Just watching. go straight to three You don't need to have seen two I,
0: I, Yeah I wouldn't I, I'd watch two if you've never seen it like I think it's, it's sort of interesting but I wouldn't watch it I'm ever not, again I'm not a no. massive
2: fan of The Exorcist, I
1: have to say uh,
0: that's not really what the show's about the show is about
1: you know, what Things you do you're a like, like you know, there's yeah, enough negativity point. in the world why would you spend the time you know? but uh, I think The Exorcist is a piece of shit and um, <laughs> now that I've got a platform I'm going to talk about <laughs>
2: it <laughs> no, Have it. you seen uh, the episode of The X-Files with uh, Brad Duriff in it, uh, the one with Scully's where, where Scully's dad kind of comes back in spirit form. Was it within the first two seasons? Uh, It was, yes.
1: Uh, Then I have seen it.
2: Um, That was essentially... You know how they started out kind of remaking films? Uh, So they did their The Thing episode... They did an x 3 episode So if you've seen that oh. You've basically seen x 3 I've got very little go.
0: memory of uh, 1996 Me too I don't remember a lot of the X-Files I, But maybe And it feels like a big commitment To get back into it Well, well good I'm glad I brought it up <laughs> good. It is nice Always nice to have something to watch I feel like I'd like to see that now Well the yes, X-Files it's good. That specific episode, The
1: X-Files. Sure, right, yeah. There were really good specific episodes of The (laughs) X-Files. I did did enjoy them. There was that one, I just remember, there was one was there with the freak show. Yes, uh, yeah. And uh, David Duchovny, what's his name, Fox Mulder, he was sort of presented very much like uh, like Superman is presented in The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know how Superman is kind of like this all-American Reagan, yes, Ronald yeah. Reagan era, and this David Duchovny was sort of like posturing with his foot up on kind of like a chopped tree trunk. Oh, I it. He you. was all very like all-American, and he was meant to be kind of like it was almost like he was a pastiche of himself in that episode, and then I guess it was to sort of like highlight. His all-Americanness next to the freak show, and I think I don't remember anything else about that episode. But I do always think about that. It's kind of like it was almost like a standalone episode of the X Files. Hmm. I used to really like the X Files. Yeah, it's
2: great. But, um, I was, yeah, I used to tape every single episode, um, and then I missed an episode and never watched it again because I've got a weird OCD.
0: I can see that.
2: Yeah, yeah. it feels like
0: yeah. I can imagine that. I do that now though. I do
1: that with uh, Westworld where. I was watching Westworld, uh, it wasn't really doing much for me, I have to say, I love the film, and then, I think we've probably talked about this as well, this is what, the, this is gonna, we're going to start cannibalising ourselves, but then I just forgot which episode I got up to, and then uh, I got overwhelmed, and uh, I never watched it again.
0: I think I was the same with Westworld, I think mean, it's just that thing where you get to a point where I wouldn't be 100% sure if I had seen it, and it'd probably take me 20 minutes to work out whether I've seen this episode again.
1: Nothing happens in Westworld Westworld is an absolute fucking I mean (laughs) It's a joyless piece of shit Um I, and I'm going to say it the film the original film the Michael Croyton film with Yul Brenner in it is absolutely amazing it's, I love it I love it it's like Terminator meets uh, Jurassic Park right and uh, made in 1977 I've, we've definitely talked about this but like as fu- it's so like the whole point of Westworld is it's like wish fulfilment fantasy uh, it's uh, an adventure film as much as it is uh, an action film and then halfway through it turns into, it does a From Dust Till Dawn thing and turns into a horror film and it's it 's just so much fun, right, um, but in order and part of that fun is watching two really rich guys going into the Wild West and pretend to be cowboys shooting robots, yes, and the, the TV series at no point for me ever captured any of the i 'm not like saying remake the film, but I am saying at least capture what was great about the film, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just not a fun TV show it 's just an absolute boring slog, and then every so often you 're given. Uh, a little tiny minor little twist that is meant to be enough for you to, to satisfy you for the next four episodes.
2: That's fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: um, that's what I thought of uh, Westworld.
2: <laughs> well, good. Um, I, I, I'm going to talk about something that you haven't talked about before, which oh, yeah. is my film, Frankenstein's Creature. Oh, yeah. AKA arguably the greatest film ever made (laughs) it's the first film to combine theater and cinema that's that's never been done before um and what what about dogville well there's that and 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 romeo and juliet and and there are a few others but um i'm trying to sort of brand myself as uh, and how do you go about that because
0: how do you go about making something that feels theatrical cinematic
2: well um it's it's uh, according to the reviews i've had so far um you don't succeed um because uh, i've had a couple of lovely reviews um but they've both said that this isn't really a film um it's, it's more of a play however uh, neither of them have noticed all the the Kubrickian slow zooms, slow zooms that I've employed. Possibly, because I can't say it. Because
1: you wouldn't be able to do that in theatre unless you just moved up to the, the the stage very slowly. Exactly,
2: which is something I'd like to see. But um, yeah, and we also use uh, dissolves. Um, to sort of uh, represent what's going on in uh, Frankenstein's mind at that time. So, uh, But this is it, isn't it? Because yeah.
0: you've tried to, it's, it's an ambitious first feature, isn't it? Because it's it more is, like yeah. people
2: that do that kind of,
0: people that do first features and they do it for kind of small amounts of money, especially kind of things that have a horror theme tend to do things like you were saying before. They tend to do zombie films that are set in someone's flat or something in one room.
2: That's it. I, I, I've sort of tried to, to make a film that actually represents my own taste and um, I wouldn't necessarily watch one of those sort of kind of low-budget uh, horror films um, uh, by choice. So, yeah, I've tried to, to make something that's kind of representative of the directors I love. Um, there's a bit of Fritz Lang in there. There's a bit of uh, Tarkovsky in there, hopefully. And uh, you know, I am comparing myself to, to some reviewer, of the, the greatest directors full time there. But yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still film, didn't? You? Yeah, yeah. I still do bits and pieces. Um, and yeah, when I was at Total Film, I kind of interviewed all my heroes. Um, so David Lynch, Dario Argento, Cronenberg, like um, all of these greats. And uh, you know, I tried to sort of squirrel away some of the information they imparted. And um, you know hopefully hopefully some of it's there in the film so without spoiling it can you tell us a bit about the film yeah well it's um it's based on a, a one-man play by james swanton um who is this incredible writer and and performer um so and it's, it's an
0: p- existing play that existing was performed
2: and exactly project. yeah yeah. Exactly. where was it performed uh all over the place um in it was in the west end it was uh, up north um yeah So, um, same title, Frankenstein's Creature, and uh, basically um, we rehearsed it together um, to sort of make it a little bit... add add some cinematic elements, basically. Um,
1: How long is it? 91 minutes?
2: It's 91 minutes, and it's uncut. So um, it is uh, literally James for 91 minutes, uh, uninterrupted, um, because... uh, One shot one shot um, but we use the dissolves we, lo- we use the, um, the slow zooms and uh, yeah it kind of keeps it visually interesting and kind of makes it feel like a, a kind of traditional film but obviously with those kind of heavy theatre elements um, but yeah man I'm, I'm proud of it uh, James is incredible um, and uh, yeah I really hope that people uh, are going to give it a go at yeah,
0: they make all that fuss about Brian De Palma when he does a shot for six minutes exactly come on He's exactly. not even trying. But Ninety-one
1: part, didn't have digital cameras back then, though, did he? When he
0: was no, I suppose he could stuff. do one, couldn't he? You now he probably would could. love it. Yeah. yeah, me too. Actually, I'd love yeah. it if you just you could went.
1: do a live stream. Yes, yeah. You could actually, you could do a film that's a live stream. If you're gonna, if you're gonna yeah. go to the trouble, if you're gonna go to the trouble of uh, like something like, well, everyone mentions rope, don't they? But with the hidden edits, mm-hmm. if you're gonna plan something out to the point that you could do technically a film in one shot. You could do it as a live stream. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, anyone out there that's uh, going to take that idea, um, you're welcome. <laughs> hope, hope you make a lot of money off of it.
2: But yeah, no, James is kind of insane in the film, and if there's any justice, um, I won't get a Best Scare Award uh, for this film. He will get a Best Acting Award because it is literally, it's like a magic trick. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it. Okay. Yeah.
1: When is Frightfest?
2: Uh, it's a, a August bank holiday weekend uh, My film is on the Monday So August 27th um, And it's at 3.45 In the uh, Cineworld Discovery screen Oh so, yeah, okay. yeah It's the closing film in the Cineworld Discovery screen oh, that's Cineworld
1: nice. in Leicester Square
2: That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's my favourite cinema Yeah, me too um, It's a good one Uh, Okay, cool. What are you a fan of, Sam?
2: Um, So I I was asked to uh, provide the name of my favourite director. We
1: don't discuss the mechanics of the actual show on air, right? We try and keep it really slick and just (laughs) as conversational as possible, right?
2: But it was quite hard because obviously I've got a lot of favourite directors. um, So I thought I'd go for someone a bit more accessible than... Fassbinder or Tarkovsky, um, and I went for Brian De Palma. You're a Brian oh, De Palma Oh, there we go. That's fan, fan club. I do yeah. like Brian De Palma.
0: Already mentioned him. Love him. Yeah. <coughs>
2: um,
0: do you have a favourite De Palma film? I think it's probably Mission to Mars.
2: Blowout. Oh. Mission to Mars. Not so much. Number he two. kind of peaked with um, Mission Impossible and everything after the that. Blowout
0: is absolutely it's brilliant. Film. Yeah, it's incredible. Sesame
2: it's lines. near perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it actually is perfect. I I love Carrie as well. I think that's the best directed horror film of all time. Carrie is...
1: uh, Yeah, Carrie is... um, I I watched that for the first time last year, maybe. Oh,
2: wow. Carrie? Yeah. Oh, really? I've
1: never seen it before, and I couldn't believe how good it was. It's that one bit with William Catt when he's trying on all the tuxedos and it's sped up, and you feel a little bit like that's Brian De Palma with a new toy. And it's a bit cheesy. That is one bit that I didn't, you know. But the rest of the film is perfect, I think. Mm. A a
2: lot of his films are like he's kind of playing with a a new toy, whether it's kind of like the the split screen or the split diopter or the steady cam. Like he he was a pioneer. um, And I kind of feel like he's slightly underappreciated. Um, a lot of his mates from that era I, th- I think uh, are more sort of renowned like your Scorseses and your Coppola's and even, even, your George, George, Lucas. Lucas. even oh. George Lucas which yeah. is
1: weird because George Lucas has essentially directed what six films yeah uh, in a 40 year period and uh, yeah it's sort of yeah, I don't think that is really that fair. Because um, Brian De Palma was one of the first people to see Star Wars. That that mm. he, re- he didn't. He, he's the one that rewrote The opening Crawl. Yeah, yeah. And he was part of... that. There was Spielberg, Coppola... Uh, Scorsese. Scorsese, maybe, and De Palma, and they were the ones that saw Star Wars for the first time. and said, it was an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> and then
0: wasn't it Spielberg was the only one that liked it? Wasn't Spielberg he? was yeah. the only one
1: that saw potential in it. Yeah. If you actually... There's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a video on YouTube that actually shows... I mean, I'm a huge George Lucas fan, and I think that, that there was... A, it's really weird the way Star Wars has turned out. Because when The Force Awakens came out, there's a massive George Lucas backlash saying, yes. this is how you make a Star Wars film. And then when The Last Jedi came out, uh, there's been another like, retro backlash, which is just kind of like, oh, bring back George Lucas. The prequels weren't <laughs> as bad as we thought they were. And um, uh, so I'm like... I really love George Lucas and what he's contributed to um, to cinema. But. Yeah,
2: and, and and De Palma, like I think people don't realise like his how involved he was in kind of all of those guys' films. Like he was the first person to cast Robert De Niro, um, De Palma, and, and obviously yes, yeah, he, he did all right um, for a bit, <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the Star Wars thing, and and the fact that they had the castings for Carrie and Star Wars at the same time, and, yeah. um Yeah, and and even, like, um, did you know that Spielberg um, directed some scenes in Scarface? Oh, I didn't know that at all. Or some shots, at least. Not scenes, shots. Um, So uh, for the big shootout, um, Al Pacino uh, picked up a gun by the barrel, um, and it was very hot, and so he burnt himself and had to go to hospital, and he was uh, away for two weeks. And uh, T'Pama still had to, like, shoot stuff. Um, So he basically spent two weeks shooting the shootout, so many, many, many scenes of uh, extras <laughs> shooting guns. Um, and, and Spielberg popped over and, uh, and helped out and, and sort of framed a couple of the shots in that sequence. So it's quite cool, in it?
1: And when Spielberg visited the set, did Brian Tobarmer say, everyone, say hello to my little friend?
0: <laughs> hey!
1: <laughs> Is that what happened? Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, Blowout is one of my uh, one of my all time favourite films. It's definitely the best John Ford film. I think it's yeah. also
0: hundred percent. It, it improves every time you watch it, rather than it's just sort of cleverer and smarter. It yeah, feels absolutely. like you just notice something else and go, "Oh, it's that as well. That's happening."
2: hundred percent, and in, in like the, even like you know the the sort of opening sequence, it's got kind of a Back to the Future level of foreshadowing. Like everything right. you need to know about the film basically is in that opening sequence. It's
1: essentially, it's a joke. The whole film yes. is like, it's, it's yes. a, a set up and a punchline. Yeah. And uh, a
2: really, really dark joke.
1: Yes. And it's, and it's brilliant. And, and, and so it works on that one level where you go, oh, right. It's Brian De Palma that's literally gone. I'm, I'm just going to tell a joke uh, with a set up and a punchline in a film. And then on top of that, there are so many um, great performances in it. Uh, Vision, it's amazing. I watched uh, the extras. i oh, from Arrow Films, uh, but the aero Film Sam Ashurst does an Arrow Film podcast. Arrow Films are basically a, D- a DVD Blu-ray company. That um, uh, well, there's a lot of. Seven, 60s, 70s trash cinema that mm-hmm. is very, that was, at the time it was very disposable, which mm. Arrow Films basically restores mm. and gives kind of like uh, the deluxe treatment. Where uh, I'm massively into Mario Bava at the moment. I'm watching oh, yeah. a lot of Mario Bava films. Um, and there was an offer at FOP for yeah, yeah. Arrow Films where I was just like buying Arrow Films. Um, by the arm for load and uh, basically what you'll get is you'll get the original Italian language version of it, you'll get the uh, American redub version of it uh, on um, which was the one I watched uh, Black Sunday, you'll even get Mario Barber's original Il Vampiro uh, film uh, on it and then you'll get like a whole stack of um, extras and I love DVD extras and me Blu- too, Blu-ray extras. Uh, absolute and just, sucker from, the thing that I like the least about Netflix is all of the extra homework
0: that you you're you missing out yes,
2: on yes exactly well we, weirdly um, uh, an Arrow video uh, uh, release uh, Phantom of the Paradise which is a, another amazing Brian De Palma film um, that actually helped me with my film you know how they always say oh extras it's like a film school Um, Genuinely, um, I I was stuck with my editor uh, for for a moment uh, in in the movie where I kind of wanted it to feel like it was vibrating um, and, you know, couldn't really quite get it right. And then the night before our final edit, I watched uh, a documentary on the the Phantom of the Paradise uh, disc. And... uh, it had an interview with the editor who basically told me exactly how to do what I wanted to do. Okay, was so really weird kind of synchronicity. I uh, showed it to my editor and it worked perfectly. So, um, yeah, they can be handy um, to sort of teach people about how to actually do this stuff.
1: Also, Phantom of the Paradise. We were talking about the other week. Weren't yeah, me, because that's that one. Paul
0: Williams and
2: uh,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. played,
0: we played um, the hell of it yeah. last week. Yeah. And, uh, oh,
1: could we get the Rainbow Connection up uh, from uh, The Muppets and we'll, maybe we'll close with yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, but the, the, the DVD extras on the Blowout blow uh, DVD, they were talking about how the cinematographer managed to... There's a shot of kind of... Because it's about a sound engineer, a, a Foley artist, who's... Uh, who's and, and one of the shots, uh, basically, it's the same as uh, Blow Up. It's basically, but it's based on Blow Up, mm. but it's very different. I watched Blow Up recently; it's a very different film. One, I
0: guess, is visual, and one's audio, right? It's but the same kind of remake. John Travolta witnesses um, a, a, a car crash. A car crash, uh,
1: and in while he's recording some additional Foley uh, sound effects for a film that he's working on, and uh, in the f- in the in the recording that he's made, there is possibly. The evidence that the car crash was actually a murder, and so he's got to go through it. It's really it's a great film, um, but there are these shots where he's sort of like stands on a bridge in the middle of in the middle of like a park, and then he'll hear a toad. And then the camera will kind of like readjust, and then you'll see the toad in the foreground really close, and he 's tiny in the background and um, and I always assumed that that was a special effect where they'd sort of like superimpose the toad at the front but that was all done uh, that was all all done in camera,
2: yeah
0: well like focus pulls yeah things.
1: it's just amazing. you watch the documentary about, i can 't remember who the cinematographer was, but if you watch the uh, documentary on the blowout um, dVD uh, about the way that they did all those shots it's absolutely phenomenal Brian De Palma was basically saying I want to do it like this and then people would have to find ways of kind of solving his visual and that's what made him
2: yeah exactly that's what made him a pioneer um and, yeah, that's kind of why I chose him, because I want him to have more of a...
1: That's what's so great about his Mission Impossible film as well. Oh, exactly. oh my God, genuinely yeah. Feel, I mean,
0: they I mean, feel like a De Palma film still. It doesn't 100%. feel like he's... he's that that exposition scene, the, yes. the, the
2: scene where it's Tom Cruise being, you know, the, the fish tank uh-huh. bit, where he's being told, you know, what's going on. The angles in that scene are insane. Like, it's the fact that he wants everything to be visually interesting. Um, you know, he's not happy to shoot, you know, shot, reverse shot. Everything's got to be a bit weird and a bit sort of calling attention to itself. But in a really sort of interesting way that kind of works to increase the intensity of what's going on in the film itself. It really fits in
1: with the the rest of it. But then uh, I haven't really seen the second Mr. Impossible 2 a lot. No. I think I don't... Prob- I probably haven't seen it since the cinema. But what I liked about it was the fact that it was definitely a John Woo film. I also thought it was such a of opportunity to have J.J. J. Abrams come in and do the third one. Where yes. you just, like, go, no, what you want is you want a- another... Because he- that was, like, his first film, his second film. Yeah. You want someone... Uh, someone uh, the. the- Mission Impossible 2 is visually so different. It's, it's still a John Luther, but it's so different. I think to give me his Impossible credit one. as well,
0: I think Tom Cruise really went after kind of big directors on those franchises, didn't he? I think it, Oliver Stone, I think, was going to do Mission Impossible 2 at one point. Yeah, really.
2: he, he did, but I think they sort of quickly realised that, like, Tom Cruise is essentially the director of that franchise, yes. and so um, they started to bring in directors who could more sort of. Yeah. fulfil that that vision. Um, but yeah, I still think that the first Mission Impossible is is the best. Oh yeah, um, it's yeah. a great film. I'd watch yeah. it again and again. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, not enough Amelia us. I, <laughs> I always felt I always felt that that was a really but sick, was, th- a really cruel joke where it's just like Amelia us is made of fucking. He's back. Movie. He's back, and then he dies with I think that's part minutes. of it,
0: right? Because you do think it's. I mean, but that, that, spoiling it slightly, but it's nice to have that team and to go. Oh right, they've got this cool team of mi agents only for them
2: and, 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 to... and that was because of cruise as well because um de Palma's talked about this and and said that basically you know the, the show is about a team um but the film is about cruise you don't really want to sort of share the screen time too much so how do you solve that problem you spoiler alert kill everyone off in the first you yes know, yeah five minutes so and it's nice um, to have a
0: recognizable team because you don't then think they're disposable. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Although there is an inkling when the rest of us turns up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know.
2: I'm
1: gonna gonna play your favourite song. What's your favourite song, Sam?
2: Um, it's a film called Juice by Eric B. and Rickim. Sip the juice. I got enough to go around.
1: Nick and Nat's fan club
0: on Foo Bar Radio.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, so, what I was actually saying about the uh, George Lucas thing is that there's a clip on there's a, there's a video on YouTube where you can see the differences between George Lucas' original edit and the final edit of Star Wars. And it's absolutely fascinating. It is. It's stuff like uh, that. The, there's the final uh, fight over the Death Star, uh, there wasn't a ticking clock. Uh, they weren't going to destroy Yavin Four, where the, de- the Death Star is going to basically it's going to blow up the rebel base, and that wasn't a thing until the edit, and they made it out of loads oh. of shots. Um, I watched The Snowman last night, uh, which what? is the um, no, the fucking Michael Fassbender Right, film. I gotcha. <laughs> I out of season, and apparently they uh, only filmed eighty percent of uh, the script, and they had to make up a lot of it in the edit. And so you have whole scenes where um, uh, there's a car driving down a lane and you have uh, no close-ups no interior shots and Michael Fassbender talking with his co-star uh, about the plot points and saying oh well we better turn the car around and go back to it. but you never see the car turn around <laughs> so they've basically gone we haven't shot the film how are we going <laughs> to save it in the edit it's crazy but they did a lot of that with, with the original Star Wars film which is great no slight on George Lucas hey, just uh, just yeah, it's, how
2: edits happen. Star Wars is definitely better than the snowman I, I'd say that's I think how that's you, probably but that's safe. how
1: you make films people yeah. you know and also George Lucas isn't an editor he's a director yeah yeah and uh, and and you know people people use that as a thing but that's what the editor's job is you know yes. james cameron is a guy that's made things very famous that he does everyone's jobs for them but the actual best way to direct i think is you hire a load of very talented people and get them and inspire them to do the best work that they can. Yeah, yeah. So you end up with a great film. And Absolutely. then take credit.
2: Yeah.
0: But don't <laughs> take don't like take the camera off the cameraman and, an uh, and start filming it yourself. The, the other The Snowman, the Raymond Briggs The Snowman, do yeah. you know the film The Keep, the Michael Mann film? Yeah. The end of the Keep has a tangerine dream cover version of walking in the air. And when you think it isn't, you look it up and it absolutely is. And I always want to know what's going on. (laughs) Why has this happened? So the ending of The Keep, the end theme of The Keep is like an instrumental walking in the air. And you think, oh, it sounds so much like walking in the air. And at the end it comes up. It's like walking in the air by Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. Do you think that Tangerine Dream covered it? Because when you go into the
1: snowman's nose, there is a tangerine. (laughs) Baby, and
0: that's the you're
1: dream. Here. That's wow. what you
0: hear. Do you think that's it? That's it. Um, so that's fan club. That's, that's fa- that, that really is fan. Club. That,
1: is, that fan really club. is fan club. club. Uh, oh fucking hell, we are very l- oh, one time, aren't we? Um, so, uh, f- what's your favourite film? sam you've got three
2: uh it's either evil dead 2 terminator 2 or andre Rublev. so it depends on what you want to talk about the most
1: uh we've got no time to talk about them I'm, I'm gonna pick um evil dead 2 well done and what is your <laughs> favorite what's your favorite tv show uh colombo Columbo, oh, yeah. of course yes uh, who uh, just got beaten in the world cup didn't they uh,
2: which is, <laughs> sh- That's this is a it, it, it's coming home
1: um, so, yeah, Columbo's a, a, an amazing TV show. Go on, tell us why you like Columbo so much in, uh, in two minutes.
2: OK, loads of reasons. Uh, I, I love John... Faster than that, Sam. I, I love John <laughs> Cassavetes, and uh, he's in a really good episode of Columbo, and obviously he's mates with Peter Falk, and so that's an incredible episode. Steven Spielberg directed one. And uh, mainly I like the fact that uh, it sort of represents uh, the class system in America, which uh, people they don't think that exists, but Columbo always comes along and uh, basically uh, humiliates a rich person who's killed someone. Yes. And uh, did you yeah, uh, Nick sent
0: me the other week the Columbo at Frankson Archer's roast. Have you seen oh my that God, video? Yeah,
2: I have, yeah. It's worth watching. It's it really is, lovely. Yeah, I
0: love and it roast. really maintains that it could be in the Columbo canon. It totally makes sense that he's there, and he makes him is like so good. that A character of, is so well rounded yeah. that you can put him anywhere. A little bit yeah. of context uh, is that uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, getting roasted
1: by like Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., and uh, it's in this huge arena yes. basically, which is like got um, round tables of people with their dinner and 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 wine. And then halfway through, Columbo sort of makes an appearance, and he and he walks up onto the stage and he starts basically talking to Frank Sinatra <laughs> in character.
2: And and you say that you can put him anywhere, but um, there was a series of novels in the early 90s um, which decided to put Columbo into uh, real historical events. And uh, <laughs> they're quite weird. Um, Sound it. There's one where um, he uh, was one of the investigators uh, on the Charles Manson, during the Charles Manson murders. Keep and, it light. And actually <laughs> te- testifies hell. testifies against Manson um, Columbo in his, uh, in his wow. unique way. Well, of course he um, would. I mean, but it's but been the nice w- thing about weird
1: like if they put him into history and he was like, oh, no, he's a good guy.
2: But like, <laughs> like a Columbo. You know who's done it before (laughs) you do know he's done Um, it. (laughs) However, he's also uh, in in a book uh, that puts him in the middle of the JFK assassination, of course.
0: Fucking hell. Are these official
2: books? Yeah, official official books. There's also a Mrs. Columbo series I've never seen. Yeah, that's because they didn't really make very many episodes of it. Is Um, that like
0: Muppet Babies? I think so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And it's, um, what's her name? The one who is in Star Trek
2: Voyager. What was her name? Oh, well, recently um, they've made one recently. No, no, this this was a while back. Um, What's her name? Uh, that actor. The the actor who plays uh, Jane. Away.
1: Yes, yeah, yes. So, I can't uh, think what
2: her name is. Come on, Nick. She's Mrs. I Columbo.
1: Uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm one of you. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen Voyager. Um, <laughs> Outrageous. So, uh, we've got about just enough time to play uh, Better or Worse, the uh, internationally oh, yes. renowned game
0: uh, by...
2: Don't uh, explain it, I know what it uh, is. Uh,
1: where's
0: the okay. fucking... Oh, no, I know what We I'm played doing. it before by accident. Here we go. So, this is the game in which we have to guess who's better or worse with the person I say is better or worse than the one after it. Um, OK. I said not to explain it. You're eating I know, but I'm time. doing it for the, for the listeners. Ringo Starr. Is Ringo Starr better or worse than Eddie Murphy? oh my god he is worse hmm. Ringo Starr is better than better Eddie than, Murphy
1: I think he's better than Eddie Murphy
0: not much better is but Eddie better. Murphy are, are better or have worse have you heard
2: party all the time it's better than anything the Beatles put out oh come on uh, it's entirely based on my own opinion can you uh, find
1: party all the it's, time by <laughs> Eddie Murphy
2: <laughs> is Jodie Foster better or
0: worse than Eddie Murphy uh, Jodie Foster is better yes correct Is Tom Hanks better or worse than Jodie Foster? He's better. I think he might be worse. I love Jodie Foster. Is Angela Lansbury better or worse than Tom Hanks? Better. Better, correct. Better, yes, yes. Is Noddy Holder better or worse than Angela Lansbury? Worse. I don't know. Slade on Fire. Have you seen that? uh, Slade in Flame? Slade in Flame. Great film. Love it. Oh, man. That's fan club. (laughs) Um... uh, Noddy Holder, I think, is worse than Angela Lansbury. Oh, man. Is Noddy Holder better or worse than Peter Falk? That's fan club. Uh, Peter Falk is better. He is better than Noddy Holder. Is Peter Falk better or worse than Mick Jagger? Peter Falk is better. Correct. Is Joe Pesci better or worse than Mick Jagger? Uh, worse, Pesci a Pesh-
2: lot worse. Pesci is better a lot
0: worse, worse. Ah. he's worse
2: of course he's worse is Joe thinking? Pesci is and better or
0: worse than Michael Jackson uh, uh, better Michael Jackson is better or Joe Pesci is better Joe Pesci no, come on. Jay Michael Peshi Jackson better. is better than Jay Michael Pes- Jackson. What's your
2: fucking hard-on for Joe Pesci? <laughs> I just like him, all right? He's really good good Goodfellas.
0: <laughs> That's I mean, it, and I suspect we haven't done the maths on that, so we'll tell you next week if you... I
2: don't actually want to know. You've got three. <laughs> I've got three. I, we'll I, well, at we don't know. We'll let you
1: know next week, but, I mean, it wasn't good, Joe Pesci better than Michael Jackson. Fucking hell. I mean, they both terrorise children. So, um... <laughs> uh, that's fan club allegedly <laughs> <fan Asian Club. laughs> <laughs> 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 um so uh I'm having a uh, bit of a breakdown and uh i apologize if i've uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So, uh, Thank you
0: very much for coming Sam. Thanks for coming in. Frankenstein's Sam. Creature is on at Fright Fest in August. Have you seen Frankenstein's
1: Creature now? No, I've not seen it. We haven't been sent it. We weren't sent it. It wasn't something that we should have watched as homework. No. Good. All right, okay, fine. Um I do really, do really love uh, Peter Falk.
2: We um, all do. Who doesn't?
1: I really love uh, we've we've got about one one minute, but I really love um I really love uh, the episode later on that William Shatner was in.
0: Is that the Um, one where Shatner's? Is he an actor in it? I
1: can't really remember, but I just love what uh, they did. The Adam West, uh, the last thing, one of the last things Adam West did was he did an animated Batman film. Yes, uh, and they got William Shatner in to play uh, Harvey Dent, Two Face. Yes,
0: that was a nice Which bit of just casting. Think it's
1: really great casting. So it, it feels like he might have done. He would have done it, even though Two Face wasn't a character back then. Um, oh, no, he was. He was. He was. Uh, well, he wasn't a character in the TV oh, series. Oh no, he wasn't. Then. They did uh, So sorry, I didn't want to. Uh, don't, don't, do don't, 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 don't write in. Um, uh, <laughs> we're going to be uh, played out by party all the time by uh, Eddie Murphy. it oh, is yeah. a good song. It is a good song. Um,